0: Hello, welcome back. For the second half of the show, we got a treat for you. The Bears are on by Probably the only team bringing us any positive in Chicago right now. We got a special, special guest from them, our very own Blackhawks Insider. Please
1: welcome Ben. Yay! What's up, buddy? Ben's back. Hey, boys, how's it going? It's been a while. <laughs>
0: Hopefully you've been watching some hockey. Miller has some questions for you, Miller. Well, you know
2: he's gonna watch some hockey because he's turned off the Bears after the first five minutes. Once he sees the first (laughs) wide receiver screen, so you know he's gonna be watching some hockey. I'm not wrong.
1: It's it's almost every game, real fast.
2: All right, let's get this baby started. Let's address the elephant in the room, Ben. You answer the question: Did Corey Perry fuck Connor Bedard's mom? Did he do it on Mom's weekend? Come on, come on! Give me the juice. Give me uh, the juice.
1: Actually, uh, the the incident in in your question was uh, in Columbus, is what we're told is when they found out about it. So no, unfortunately for the rumor mill, that one is unfounded, uh, and thankfully for the team, that one is one hundred percent not true. That one was a hilarious uh, joke started in some subreddit or some Twitter somewhere, and it got out of control and then actual media reporters started doing it. So yeah, that was a little out of hand, but as far as we know, it's it's a staff issue uh, that he did something or said something to a staff member. And that's all we are likely to know for the foreseeable future.
2: Well, that wasn't the answer I was looking for, but I guess I'll accept it. <laughs> all right. The GM came came in and
1: refuted it, so He was he was pretty upset with, with some of the allegations and, and again I, I know for a fact it started as a joke because I, I thought it was pretty funny right when it came out, thinking that we would get some type of detail, but because we they put it off for so long and were silent for so long, people started to really truly believe it. But thankfully it's not true. Uh, yeah, it was everywhere.
0: We all know about Twitter rumors.
2: Miller knows very well about Twitter rumors. So. hey, hey. I, I may be wrong every two out of ten times, but you know what? Those other eight. They're accurate as fuck. And that's all that matters. Uh-huh. All right. All right, uh,
0: all right. All right. you, you go next, Miller. I'll go after you.
2: The Hawks suck. We know that. They're seven and thirteen. I think they're like seventh or eighth in the central division. Give us some give us some positivity to work off of?
1: Yeah. Well, as you state, we are last. or second lowest amount of points in the league. But again, you know, we're winning about a third of the game. So it's, it's pretty good. You know, you're, you're sitting about what we ended last year. So we're going to be in that top five pick range. Um, so this draft is really deep again. Um, so, you know, it's not all bad. The one positive thing, even though we're 7-13, we've won every game we've gone into overtime. So that means their high skill is producing when it matters. And the other positive thing I'd take out of that is other than two or maybe three games, we're in the games till the end. There's a lot of games where we're going in the last two or three minutes and pulling the goalie and trying to get that extra goal in. So, you know, sure, they're coming out as losses, but, you know, we're in the games. A lot of the games, we don't even ever have a lead in. So we're down with three goals, two goals, and we're coming back and either tying or taking the lead. So there's a lot of fight to this team. There's a lot of of high-energy, high-effort guys, and despite not winning a bunch, they're in most of these games.
0: Yeah, we, we are like tangential fans at this point, right? Uh, we watch the score, maybe the box score, maybe watch the highlights, but you watch the game almost every game. So in your opinion – Who's been the biggest surprise? Who's been the dis- biggest disappointed so far for you?
1: Yeah, a couple of really big surprises. Uh, Jason Dickinson, already up to seven goals. And he's kind of known more as a defensive specialist. But the way he forechecks and, and his line that he centers has just been phenomenal. They put pressure on uh, the other team's forwards, the goaltenders, and you know just cause a lot of hat- havoc. He had his first career hat trick. Yeah, he did. I uh, saw the that, other night, Which was really awesome. Uh, but he was super excited, and good for him. He, he's a really good um, locker room guy, little really try hard and all around great guy to have on the roster. Uh, same same kind of ilk as Nick Foligno. Um, he almost is like the captain of his team at this point. He's really pushing um, the the young guys on how to be professional. He takes a lot of the locker room media questions and takes the lead on how to be a professional. And um, they do a couple of. Blackhawks TV episodes with him in there, and you can just tell that he he really cares and has a passion for the game and wants to instill that into the young guys. So those two veterans were really surprising, but the most surprising thing I think so far this year has been the rookie defenseman we have. Um, you know, it looks like Vlasic's a ten-year pro. The the way he moves for a six-six defenseman is so smooth, so quick. He's always in position. He makes great decisions. You know, his stick's always on the ice, blocking pucks and passes. So that's awesome. The other three that have really impressed me are Wyatt Kaiser, uh, Kevin Gorczynski, everybody knows, and then um, Isaac Phillips, believe it or not. Um, You know, I was thinking he wasn't ready his first couple games, they called him up, but he looks absolutely sharp, uh, and he's starting to kind of figure out how to be an an, NHL defenseman. Uh That's there awesome. there are negatives however and um other than the injuries obviously that that we'll get to in a bit uh Lucas Reichel um off to another really really slow start kind of the same thing he had last year you know he started out slow and people are asking is he ready is he really as good as everyone thinks he is and I think he is uh in the last three or four games he's starting to get back on track had a couple more assists over the last two games and you know they put him up with Connor Bedard. Mm-hmm. So they've got skill. And Kurishev is already gelling with Bedard. So I think that line's going to get rolling. They're a little bit of a defensive liability. But hey, what really good offensive line is it? So, you know, I think if, if he can step it up, the Hawks will start to win a little bit more games. You'll start to see Bedard's point total go up. And I, I have faith he'll get it.
2: Called. I like, I definitely uh, I, I have a gripe to pick with. Go that. ahead, Boopin.
0: No, I have a gripe to pick with him. I saw two and a half, two shots over for him, two and a half shots. I was like, it's a He's got to go over. Took it yesterday. In a game we won 4-3, to three. he did not even hit. I think he had one shot in game, but I did have one follow-up. Dickinson, more like Duncan Keith or Seabrook? Which, which one would you?
1: Jason Dickinson? Find? Yeah. He's a center.
0: Oh, I think he's a defenseman.
1: Sorry. The defensemen are... Uh, Vlasik Kaiser, Gorchinski, and Phillips. Man,
0: I saw Hathrick, and I was like,
2: I remember the Duncan Keith goals. That's what I was thinking. But, yeah, no, right, you're Jeez. up. Jeez. Okay, so the one name that you sprinkled in there is the boy, the youngin, the guy that's all plastered over ESPN. He's got his own section, like Boopin's pointed out before. Give us the take, Connor Bedard, the man in the middle. We thought he was going to be a stud. Is has he lived up to expectations?
1: Ooh, lucky you, Boopin. Uh, the The short answer is absolutely. Um, the The most impressive I think I think about him is not not just his play on the ice because he leads all rookies in points and goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the next closest rookie is Logan Cooley with 13. Bedard has 10 goals and 17 points uh, Cooley has two points and 11 assists. So, excuse me. And so, you know, you're looking at a guy who just, everyone talked about how good his shot is, but they, they were worried about his size. They were worried about, you know, his shot against NHL level goaltending and NHL level defenseman. It's just, it's just so insane that no one can stop it. So yes, I think he is. Um, he has games where he looks like he's absolutely dominating and, and no one can stop him. Uh, he, he throws a little hits. He, he wins a couple of draws. Um, but as all rookies and, you know, especially an 18 year old rookie on the smaller side and still growing into his body, he has games where it looks like he disappears to Bupin's mm-hmm. point. Uh, last night was unfortunately one of those games where, you know, he couldn't really get anything going. His line struggled uh, to rush up the ice. They got mired down a bunch in in the neutral zone and uh, Lucas Reichel really wasn't, um, they weren't gelling yet. So, you know, give it a couple more practices, a couple more games. I think the, the points will start coming, but yeah, you're right. Sometimes he, you know, at 18 years old, this is what we expected, and I think he's outperformed even what a lot of people already thought he would have. You know, with his 10 goals in the first 20 yeah, games.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely crazy just to see everything, see his goals. I mean, he's he's got highlight real goals, and he's what just like 17 games in or 18 games in or whatever we are at, and it's just it's mm-hmm. absolutely nuts to see his development right before our eyes. He's looking like a star, and. And I, I, more importantly, he's making history almost on a nightly basis with all the goals. He's performing right up to expectations and, and higher than that, like you said. And it's just, it's crazy to see. Talk about good
0: things, let's bring it back to the negatives. <laughs> Power play. We suck. We're like around 10% last week talked about this. Um I I know it's a newer unit. Looks like new lines are forming, so that never helps power play unit. Anything else you see? Do you see it improving in the latter half of the season?
1: Um, I think, based on law of averages, with the amount of skill we have, uh, yeah, I think it'll go up. I don't know if we'll uh, we'll ever breach the twenty uh, percent mark, just based on you know how how slow of a start we've already had. You're right, we are right about ten percent. Um, One of the biggest issues we have is we don't win face-offs, and that doesn't just hurt us on the power play. It kills us on the power play, but it also hurts us regular five-on-five. Now, another thing um, we struggle with, and we've always had this since we switched to it, is the push them back entry. And while we have a lot of high-speed, high-skill guys, it doesn't every time get through. So you, you push the defense back with a, a lead rusher and then you drop it back. So the defense is basically flat footed on the blue mm-hmm. line. Uh, I particularly don't like this uh, every single rush up the ice, but you know, that's what they practice. That's what they're working on. So uh, you, you got to make it work. They don't dump the puck and retrieve it well on the power play. Um, that's one of the reasons the Dickinson line gets a lot of goals is they do that and puts pressure on the puck but for the power play you know once they get set up and start moving the puck you can see how dangerous we're going to be our, our biggest issue like i said is you know getting to that point whether you know losing a faceoff or can't can't make the entry yeah it's it's been
2: brutal it was like 10% like good gosh i think i saw they were like fourth in the league before I, the last game fourth lowest in the league
1: it's been it's, it's been even tough. last year I said you know is there a is there a way to decline penalties seriously <laughs> <laughs> to even strength we're dominating on even strength we're we're one of the better teams in the league, five on five uh you know a lot of the teams that score a ton of goals and have large plus minus point differentials are thirty five forty percent on the power play you know twenty five percent those guys you know they just they take advantage of the situation and and our young guys just aren't there yet and you know, they'll figure it out to an extent, but I don't see the power play being a big factor this year.
2: Yeah, that's unfortunate because, like you said, they need to take advantage of these opportunities. But I did see – I threw out a stat, I think, a few weeks back about Connor Bedard being most of his goals coming in five on five, which was fairly surprising. So hopefully if the power play – the law of averages comes into play here, hopefully that uh, he'll get some more points. Does he even look more like a than a steal in the draft.
1: A steal. <laughs> the only way you could consider it a steal is if we stole the we first.
2: Basically game. <laughs> we basically did. We basically All right. So we talked about the power play and their struggles. I think one of the, the big things that you can point out is the injuries that have occurred to our forwards that were expected to play and possibly even lead, mentor uh, Bedard in a sense. So uh, I know the big ones are uh Hall, who's out for the year for a knee injury. And I'm going to screw this up. I've been pretty good with a few names, but I haven't practiced this one. But it's
1: Athanasio. Athanesio? Athanesio. Uh, that's pretty close. That was pretty close. Yeah, that, was that was
2: pretty, pretty good. Cool.
1: It was pretty yeah. close, Yeah. So, plus. um, you know, even before Corey Perry left, uh, the team, he was, you know, out a couple games with some injuries. Taylor Hall was hurt three separate times this season, uh, and really unfortunate with, with his, uh, season ending knee surgery, but, uh, Andreas Athenasi was, you know, he was supposed to be on Connor's line with, with the speed he has potentially, uh, adding Reichel to that line. You know, you get the two fastest guys and skill guys with, with Bedard, but, um, Positive is he's um, practicing and skating again. Uh, so hopefully, he's coming back within the next few weeks. But there's technically no timeline uh, for him listed. Um, but because of all these issues and because of the Perry issue um, today, or I think it was last night, uh, the Hawks made a, a trade for um, a veteran, a younger veteran, but still a veteran, Anthony Boulevier and uh we got him from the Canucks for a fifth round pick and remember we had two fifth rounders this year uh so i believe they reported that um the better of the two picks will be the one sent to to Vancouver in the off season so it'll be our our fifth uh-huh. rounder oh actually if i eh, you know what we might not have a fifth rounder this year because i think we traded it to Toronto uh for in that Toronto deal we did for laugh with Lafferty and them, but either way um, you know, whatever fifth round pick we have that, that turns out to be the highest we'll, we'll send over to uh, Vancouver. Now, Bolivier is, is one of those guys. It's almost like a Jason Dickinson type producer, kind of like a Corey Perry, where you could get 20 goals out of them um, probably around a 20 to 40 point player. He had a really slow start this year over in Vancouver and carries a 4 million cap hit. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why Vancouver was was willing to move him. Um, and that's why we were able to get him for just a fifth rounder because um, he is a free agent at the end of this year uh, and Vancouver was definitely not going to resign. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a really smart move for us. Brings in another veteran, brings in a proven starter. Uh, he'll probably play, I mean, he could play on the first line, Realistically, but he'll probably slot in on that second line um, and just be a presence with Felino and and you know probably around that range.
2: Yeah, I saw him. He didn't he didn't have stats that jumped off the page, but like you said, he's a veteran. Well, you presence know, and it's a fifth rounder, so it, he's played like... about
1: 500 games in the league, and and he's got 237 points, so it's it's nearly a half a point a game. Again, he's not a superstar. He's not you know going to blow you away, but. I mean that's a goal. That's a point every other game. Uh, that it's there's something to say there. So I I don't think it's a it's a terrible move, and I think especially for how young this team is, you can't have fourteen uh, forwards that are under twenty years old. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it's a really smart move by Davidson, and I'm really excited to see him get going. Yeah, um,
0: let's talk about the boys in the back, um, the goalies. Um, have they lived up to your expectation are they overperforming, underperforming what how far are we with there
1: with their- yeah well uh we got a mixed bag there um peter morazic has actually been phenomenal um he's had a couple of stinkers uh you know but all goalies go through that uh his knock has always been he lets in a ton of goals and so that's why we were able to get him last year and and people were just eh, he sucks let the blackhawks have him. they're tanking anyway right um he has five of our seven wins and is only allowing about 3.2 goals a game. Again, that's with four rookie defensemen in front of him and a bunch of rookies up front as forwards who aren't really defensively sound yet. Mm-hmm. So nine Oh six, save percentage. And I, you know, he, when he's on the ice, he makes a difference. He, he rarely lets in a soft goal. He did last night for that third goal, but you know, for the most part, he's, he's played really, really solid. Um, the other goaltender we have, Arvid Soderblom. He hasn't played awful, but he loses his net a lot. Like he's very energetic and slides around, and has, you know, is very aggressive. But sometimes his, with his rebound control being not as great as it needs to be, you know, he puts himself in a position where he can't make that second and third save. So he has only had a, an eight eight two save percentage, allowing 3.78 goals a game, and he's only won two of his 10 games played. So not ideal. Uh, we were kind of hoping he would take a next step and kind of show us that he can either be a 1A or you know at least a 1B uh, until one of our, uh, our younger goalies can be brought up and, and play full-time. I believe at the
2: beginning of the year you were talking about Mrazic and uh, a possible trade chip. Um with him performing well, it sounds like that's probably going to happen. Is that what you foresee in the future?
1: Yeah, teams always are looking for goalies down the stretch. So if he can stay healthy and, and one of the things that uh, has ticked off a lot of Blackhawks fans is because of how well he's playing, he's only started 10 out of the 20 games. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they are trying to see what we have in our bloom while still keeping Morazic fresh. So if, if he can remain healthy and remain playing at the level he is, 100% will be a trade piece similar to how we saw Marc-Andre Fleury yep. when we had him. Yes, as Hawks fans, we would have loved to have kept flower, but the value he can bring to a team making a, a Stanley Cup push is, is invaluable. So I, I think, uh, unfortunately, he, even Bolivier, you know, with his contract expiring, you know, these pieces are are for us to retain salary <laughs> and get a couple either, you know, up and coming prospects or additional draft picks.
2: Speaking about those prospects, anybody in the tank to, that we should be keeping an eye on be called up soon?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, we've had to see a lot of them already up here. But um, the good news on that front is they've looked really mm-hmm. good when we have Love called Obviously we talked about Isaac Phillips uh being one of the more recent demon called up and he started to to really come into his own, Joey Anderson out of left field. I mean man, he is just he to me he's a cleaner Dave Bowman. Mm. Ooh. And a more right. a more skilled um Marcus Kruger, if you will. Now he's not a centerman. He's not going to win you draws like Kruger and Boland can. But he he plays on that Dickinson line, and man, they they he four checks. He got two assists last game because of his effort. I, I'm loving the way he plays. Similarly, Cole Gutman plays that same kind of solid game, and he's looked good. Not not as good as, as Anderson, but Gutman's a little smaller of a guy, and uh, you know, I don't I don't mind when he's in there, but he's not ready for a full time role yet. <clears throat> uh, two forwards that I, I think could come up here, uh, you know, pending injuries, pending playing time, uh, would be Colton Doc. Uh, everybody knows Kirby's little brother. Colton looks phenomenal in Rockford. He's off to a really hot start. He he really impressed uh, Luke Richardson in camp this year, and um, a lot of people were like, "Oh, will he start up in Chicago?" No, because they want to get him a ton of playing time, uh, and that's where he what he's doing down in Rockford. Um, another guy that's really uh, kind of a Joey Anderson type uh, producer and is, is looking really good in Rockford is uh, David Gust. Um, not a lot of people know about him. He's kind of a, like a fringe AHL NHL player, but he's looked pretty good this year. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him a couple games up here just to see, uh, how he does against pros uh, on the backside. You got Ethan Del Mastro and Philip Roos. We've seen Roos in a game or two already. He's, he's still needs some work. Del Mastro's a little smaller, so he needs a little bit more conditioning and strength training. But those two guys, if heaven forbid, we have any more D injuries, yeah, seriously. Um, look for those two to come up first. <laughs> and then as far as goalies go, you know, I, the, the two goalies I'm most excited about in this organization are in Rockford right now. You got Drew Komessio and Jackson Stauber. Uh Stauber, I think is 24, and Komessio is like 21 or 22. But God, those guys were great, uh, both in college and when they played for the U.S. national teams. I, I'm 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 ecstatic uh, seeing those guys come up uh, soon. So I, I don't I don't see them coming up this year. Um, unless, you know, an injury or we trade Mrazek. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for next year for those two guys.
0: Sounds like we need a trip to Rock. Seriously. <laughs>
1: I'm nice always down
0: for that's... a hog and... game. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be awesome. Uh, but uh million-dollar question, right? Uh, Positively score on the Hawks right now, are they where you thought they were going to be? Or doing, are they slightly behind schedule? What, what's your score for them?
1: Um, I think – Preseason, I was at a twelve if I if I recall correctly, uh, but you know I I would say I'm at a solid seven uh, right now. I, I think a lot of the guys that um, we wanted to see what they had and see if they could play at an NHL level already are you know you got Vlasic who's just so impressive. I, I, he plays on the first line, okay. Every night a rookie defenseman plays on the first pairing. It's an, what more can yeah, you ask seriously. for? Uh, why? Wyatt Kaiser has looked incredible. Um, I, I, he's going to grow into himself. He's still pretty young and, and not as bulky as, as he can be, but, you know, he's looked great. Uh, and, and then obviously you got K- Kevin Korczynski who's just flying around the ice making great defensive plays, but, you know, really is an offensive D-man. And then Isaac Phillips, again, you know, just give him more time. I think he's going to be a stud too. So we have four of our D-men for the future already – on the roster this year, and they look like they're going to stay. Um, you know, you've got Bedard, who's just simply amazing, and, you know, hasn't disappointed whatsoever. And, uh, you know, as far as the, the three points I'm taking away from being a 10, you know, a lot of injuries, um, especially to the veterans. So you lose a little bit of that veteran leadership, and that's tough to replace, especially a guy like Taylor Hall and what we thought and Corey Perry. Um, but... You know the other the other downside I will say would be uh, Soderblom not 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 playing as well as I was hoping to take that next step to see he could be our our goaltender for the next couple of years. So, but overall, I I, you know we got five more picks, seven more picks, excuse me, in the first three rounds of this year's draft. Like, come on, man, the the future is so so bright, and we haven't even talked about the guys in college.
2: No, that, that's for so, a future um, show. We'll
0: leave that for a future show, okay? Come on, we got to bring you back with something else. But, like, so what are you saying? Competitive next year? Fringe playoff run and a playoff in two years' time?
1: You, you know what? Let's see what we do with the goaltending. Um, I, I, that makes a huge difference, um, especially in the win-loss column. Um, I, I would definitely expect next year to be – closer to a playoff position I don't know if we get there you know if we have one of the goaltenders come up and is just an absolute stud you know maybe we could get in squeak into the wild card but um, you know probably in that range we're not last but we're not we're not in but um, yeah definitely next year is going to be exciting we'll get a couple more guys from um, the prospect pool up and playing and It'll be a lot of fun to watch next year.
2: Well, we're looking forward to it. Like Boopin said to start, it seems like there's only one team in this city that has some positive vibes around it, and it's the Blackhawks, even though they are last. Isn't that the truth? They are at least fun and exciting to watch with the youngsters coming up and whatnot. Speaking of shitty teams, before we get you out of here, give us a few thoughts on the, the, the Chicago Bears.
1: Well, as you alluded to earlier, I don't watch most of the games uh, because I have a, a strict five screen limit and then I turn it off, which means I don't watch most second quarters. But um, I, I actually wasn't even watching. Second
0: quarter? You mean
1: second. Yeah, I, don't, I make it to the second quarter and then I turn it off. <laughs> I can see the second play call. Uh, but I, I actually wasn't even watching um of the Monday night game until you guys were blowing up the chat with how good fields looked on that first drive. So I, I turned it on. I, I think the defense has played lights out. I, I love the, I love the way he's got them playing. I question his, uh, you know, leadership abilities long-term because he's already had how many guys fired and, and misconducts here, misconducts there. Like, you know, something's going on in, in that building and, you know, I wouldn't mind him gone, but at the same time, if they pull off a couple more wins and they start to look like a real team again, yeah, what are you gonna yeah, do? I guess, yeah.
0: We do have a pretty nice stretch coming off games. Like, I just want them to look competitive. Like, you guys have changed my mind. I was like Fields shooter, he's the future guy, but you know, he he's not swung the pendulum this year for me to like campaign for him. But if he, I I hope he proves himself. I would hate for us to start over, but if that's what it takes
1: us. You know, I watch I watch several different um former quarterback pro quarterbacks that do the like the tape breakdowns and they, they talk about you know fields is not the problem. Uh and they show a bunch of plays why yeah, he still makes mistakes, but every quarterback makes mistakes. How many picks and fumbles does does Dobbs have? How many does Dobbs, you know Hertz have of and all, and all kinds <laughs> of stuff. No, especially Only this because year. we just no, no, played. No, no, but... no, no.
0: no, especially this year, Ben, we were talking about how the Offensive production, even like top tier quarterbacks, have not lived up to that expectation. So, I I look, at, J- look like- at Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Right? So,
1: right? I, well, yes, he has made some really bad plays, if you look at his overall numbers, he's like, what, 12 touchdowns, six picks, and then uh, what, five, six, seven loss fumbles, something like that. So, he's still on the positive side on the touchdown pick ratio. I I just I think it's too early to call it on him. He he didn't play a full year his first year, and he couldn't play a full year this year. So he hasn't even hit full three years in the league yet. I I, I think you got to give him another. You don't
2: call. have number one picks every year, bro.
1: Double trades, baby. Double <laughs> trades.
0: If he sucks, if he sucks this year, we'll have it again next year. So there you go. There you go. On oh, that positive note, Ben, we appreciate you so much, buddy. Thanks for hopping on and. Chatting the Hawks with us, like again, you make us better for just knowing about the Hawks and the oh. players. I probably knew like four players that you knew.
2: <laughs>
1: My pleasure I am, anytime.
0: I, I'm smarter because I talked to you. I appreciate you jumping on. But the rest of the show. Thanks for listening, people. We hope that you had a great. We had you had a great time listening to us. Keep that feedback coming. It is all appreciated. Maybe the Blackhawks are the positivity we are looking for, but whatever it is, we'll keep struggling together. Have a good night, everybody. Bye!